Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yo, yo. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for, well, this is going to be the first of our Supercross companion content that we are going to bring everybody from the 2021 Supercross series. And I've just been wanting to get Jay Wilson in the studio for a while. He had a really banger crack at doing the West Coast Supercross series last year. So I thought, who better to get on to talk about Supercross uh, for the first time in this 2021 season than the man himself, Jay Wilson. So Supercross content starts now and I'm excited, but I also know how much stuff I would like to cover with the races this year. And I know that that's a lot of work. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, we are brought to you today by the guys at Boost Mobile, and I have just got myself a refurbished phone from these guys. You might have heard me talk about it in the ads for the past few episodes. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting myself an iPhone 11 Pro. Uh, hopefully, that's going to help out with some of the content. I actually busted my phone in Vietnam when I crashed. And uh, I haven't really been able to use my camera all year. So that's why I don't really put much on my story. Um, but yeah, I actually just finally bit the bullet, got a Boost refurb phone. And first thing I noticed when I unboxed it is that it pretty much I just got a new phone, essentially. Um, you could tell that the package had been opened before, but that's about it. Uh, the phone works incredible. The condition was amazing. And man, really, I don't know. Like after doing this and seeing the quality that comes back, on the uh, the checks that they do, there's I just don't really see a reason to buy a new phone anymore. Uh, and it's, I guess it's just kind of the same thing with Boost. Is like I don't see the reason to have a plan now because of these guys. So refurb.boost.com.au to get one for yourself. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. And just a massive thank you to these guys. Every single episode, every time we do anything uh, to do with Moto, uh, these guys are down to be a sponsor. And it's just such a massive, massive massive help uh so thank you very much to jeff uh thanks to jake thanks to briggsy thanks to the rest of the team for always uh supporting us uh, next time you need anything dirt bike accessory wise uh i'd love it if you guys went to mxstore.com.au um and yeah help support the guys that support us it's gonna be a similar vein for most of the sponsors um in today's ad read, uh, Maxis, the same deal. Um, they've been awesome in not only uh, supporting the podcast, but just generally helping us with our projects. Um, they're keeping the bikes running with oils and tires, and it's huge. I And I genuinely love riding on these tires as well. Also, Sammy at Fist. You can head to fisthandwear.com. Uh, you can peep our 
uh, you can peep our new collab with those guys. The Excite Gloves have been selling really well, which is sick. Um, so, so grateful for people supporting the Gypsy Gang. Um, I have been running the uh, those Breezer gloves from Fist. That's my pick. Um, so if you want my advice on a set of gloves to get, um, get those bad boys. They've been, they're hands down my favorite glove that Sam has ever made. And the new designs that are coming out in those are insane. So fisthandwear.com, use the code Gang for 15% off. Uh, that code is also going to work at drytimes.com. Uh, also, the guys at Rival Inc., thank you so much for your support. These boys are not just sponsors of the podcast. They're really good friends. And when it comes to business, I look up to these these boys. Um, so thank you very much, Joel. Thank you very much, Statsy. Uh, Rival Inc. Design Co. for all of your graphic and merch needs. Uh, and finally, the guys at Cricks. Uh, Kyle in specific, he is the absolute man. He's such a great... Uh, he's such a great sponsor to work with. He'll come riding with you. Um, always down for a yarn as well, which is great. And their service, when it comes to me, I like. I had no idea what it would be like working with um, a dealership like that. And those guys have just been absolutely insane. I do love that Triton. That is a great truck. Um, could definitely recommend 10 out of 10. Um, if you need a new or used car, head to cricks.com.au. Uh, get the number, ask for Kyle. He's the man. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy the first of our Supercross content for 2021. From the gang called Gypsy. Gang and they come and get Gypsy. Gang and they come and get Gypsy. Gang. I'm at a Gypsy. Gang. I'm at a Gypsy. Jay Wilson joins us this morning. Uh, this is the first of our Supercross companion for 2021. Uh, it's a couple of days before Christmas over here in Australia. And Jay Wilson joins me in the studio. We're going to talk all things soupy. Uh, I've been criticized in the media for not going to the races. So what <laughs> I've, I've done is I've just got someone that's going to the fucking races. <laughs> so Jay Wilson, you're at, you were at some races last year, mate. Yeah, I was at a few. Yeah. Uh, first. Bring this up a bit. First, yeah, and yeah. it feels like it's right in my face. It's good. Um, yeah, we're at the first, well, six. Yeah. I, I missed St. Louis last year. Um, but yeah. So, so do you feel like cool. you do you feel like you're qualified to talk about Supercross <laughs> if you missed St. Louis? Oh, uh, I mean, I've seen it. I've been there. So okay, okay. <laughs> we'll, so you went to the races. Yeah, I've been to the races. So um, yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, um, it's yeah. I race Supercross here in Australia. I've raced Supercross in America. I've raced uh, some sort of Supercross. I guess it's Arena Cross in Perfect. the UK. So Perfect. I've done my travels and uh, been around the world a little bit. Perfect. Well, uh, so first of all, you did. You got to race the last normal supercrosses. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Literally. Yeah. Like, um, I flew back. Uh, I did, what was it? San Diego was my last one. And yeah. then uh, come back and we were lucky to get back then because that's when it all kicked off in America. Um, yeah. Like, quarantine started pretty much, yeah, two weeks later in Australia. Um, it was crazy, man. Like, and, and now we're looking back at it. A lot of people are saying back when we we're in San Francisco, like Oakland round of Supercross, like people were saying that it was around then. Yeah. Um, and like my household, when we first got to America, we were so sick. Like I, I stayed away from it, but 
Misty, my wife, my daughter Poppy, like Mike Ward, my mechanic, really? his wife and his daughter were so sick when we first got there. No way. Yeah, and um, like that, and that's something that they were speaking about at the start of the year. That maybe that's what uh, Osborne and Webb had at that time of the year. You know, because to wow. this day they still don't know what what it was. They were just sick, man, and uh, yeah, they couldn't work out what it was. So that's crazy. It's it's a crazy crazy year, and I think it's been around a lot longer than we we think it was. You know, yeah. like that. That when it first came out, they were saying there's traces of it back in uh, San Francisco back in February. You know, so yeah. um, even even earlier than that. So yeah, I, I don't know how long it's been around for, and I, I think uh, probably some people have got some immunity to it than that they don't think they. Uh, well they think that they probably haven't had it you know yeah and now that they've uh now we're this far down you now look back at it and you're like man maybe i did have some of those symptoms so yeah. who knows who knows who's had it and uh you know you look at dylan ferrandis right now he's just said that he's had it um oh, so really? yeah straight after um motocross he went on holidays come back and 10 days he was out and uh had it all the star guys got tested and uh, anyone that he was around at that time and uh him and his wife tested positive so yeah it's a crazy crazy time and another thing is like man what i mean we're going to get into this soon here but um what happens if someone tests positive at a race like one of these top guys what happens if they test positive they've got to sit out these rounds and this could be a decider in the championship yeah man that's that's like a crazy variable for 2021 and i mean what what happens if it's like a team so let's Mm. say that one of like the younger dudes on star gets it and then that puts out all of the the team like the whole team can't go how many riders there like they got like 93 riders exactly you know like one guy can walk into that truck and infect that whole team yeah you know it it's just going to be how do we can control this yeah Um, that's going to be the biggest thing is everyone's going to be putting themselves into a little bubble i guess and i mean we still don't know if once you've had it if you can get it again yeah but like man some of those guys that have it that have already had it are probably going to be a little bit happy like they've probably built some sort of immunity to it yeah that the chances of getting it again now is like pretty slim yeah so you got to think that like some of those guys are probably like pretty happy that they've had it yeah and they're not just going in blindsided and could turn up to a race one weekend test positive it's yeah, I wonder, I wonder, have they said anything about like what the protocol is if somebody does test positive no. from the races? Like no. it'd be interesting to know because for the UFC, so the Supercross, basketball and the UFC were pretty much the three major sports in the US that went back through all of the COVID lockdown period. And we got so lucky in 2020 that nobody uh, tested positive and had to sit out race. It didn't really impact the championship apart from the way that the schedule was impacted. But when you look to the UFC, they had guys that tested positive and then you're off the card. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. He tested positive. Valentino Rossi. Valentino Rossi. Like Prado was sitting second in the world motocross championship. And... uh, Lommel where he's pretty good and uh, he just won around the weekend before and get closing in on this points lead to Geyser and next minute he's tested positive sits out the rest of the championship so like man it it could be like we said it could be a decider for the for the 21 uh, championship so crazy to think man like of all of the variables 
that you have to deal with in Supercross anyway. Yeah. Like yeah. of all of the stuff, trying to that, stay is trying to stay healthy. The yeah. whole season is like, you know, you're trying to you're riding constantly and you're constantly pushing the limits and the barriers of like an injury can come yeah now throw on top of that like i'm trying to stay from, away from this COVID 19 you yeah. know like it's just it's going to be mental a mental season and to throw on top of that like this is we're just trying to go racing like yeah. that is the number one key right now is we're trying to put bikes on the track and go racing for this championship let alone all the other stuff that's going on behind the scenes you know yeah. like think about all the teams that have struggled like trying to shut down for a couple of weeks like we're backed up mm. now trying to like we're feeling those effects now like even the um importing side yeah. of stuff like yeah. uh, manufacturing side of things it's all slowed down and now we're feeling those effects not only that is like the demand for everything is so high right now mm. so people like race teams are struggling to get parts and now we're going to try go racing for 17 17 rounds of supercross you know like it's just mental like what a year what a year to go racing (laughs) i wonder too if you know this particular period of the year that we're in right now this is like boot camp alden baker has literally changed the way that this sport runs between Mm -hmm. let's say november and january yep everything shut down and you are grinding like i've been in florida while the boys are doing boot camp and like they're so tired to the point where like they're not even going to get dinners like everything is focused around essentially breaking your body Mm -hmm. down as hard as you can to prepare for the load that you're going to face over the next 17 18 weekends of supercross so with that your immune system is fairly compromised in that period that's why there's such a crazy emphasis on sleep and recovery yeah yeah and it's like how far do you want to push your body in this off season yeah if there is this uh, virus that's floating around and then you're coming off motocross has just finished late Mm. this season uh, like for 2020 like our motocross championship well the motocross championship in america has just finished late so their off time has like it was two weeks you know Mm. like compared to usually having like a month off where they start to slow things down they have a few weeks here and there they've just went back to back pretty much um so it's been a full season of racing and then let's have two weeks off and then start boot camp for supercross yeah so it's just going to be a grind this Mm. season is really going to be a grind mentally it's going to be tough on these guys because it's no break yeah and then dealing with whatever else is going on in the world at the time, you know, like for me, I'm just fully shut it off, shut off from the media, like as in like the news channels, because it just got so draining. But these mm. guys are, are constantly having to live it and see these people constantly in America. Like it hasn't really shut down, you know, like they just yeah. kept going where we've said, sort of been locked up in our bubbles. These guys are just grind, grind, grind all season long. And it's going to be two full years pretty much of just... Yeah. This is where you could see towards the end of the, end of the season some big injuries and stuff like that come because it's gonna, these guys are going to start fatiguing yeah. quite hard and it's going to be a long year for them. You know, like they're just coming off a full season. Now they're starting another season and there's so much uncertainty yeah. in, in what's going to happen. You know, like I, I, I had an offer to go to America this year. Really? And it just like I wasn't financially we weren't in the position after this year you know to do that but also it's just 
if I went to America right now and my wife or daughter got sick, I would just never forgive myself for that. You know, like yeah. it's just a crazy, crazy time that we're dealing with. And there's just, you, there's not enough information on this, yeah. what's happening, you know? So, um, like I said, and even for these privateer guys, like mm. they're just really going to struggle to, to keep going all year long, I think, because not only is there's no California races where most of the privateer teams are based, yeah. their California races are pretty close. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the California races are pretty close. Um, so the travel is cut down where this time, most of those guys are traveling the East Coast yeah. to do these races. So all these California-based teams now are having to travel East Coast and it's just going to be a draining long season for yeah. a lot of people and I think by the end of the season it's going to get really tough on some of these guys you know like there's so much information going on right now and we're just mm. throwing balls out there and like loads of different things but there's so much to talk about in this yeah. coming into this new year so um what was that your like let's just give some context of your experience like what was it like for you racing that season in America the 106 was on the Yamaha and you did you know most of those west coast rounds what was the experience like was it because like we said you kind of did get it before covid kind of changed the way that the series was Mm -hmm. so like what was that experience for you like yeah it was cool um i think it was just tough like when i first got there i I crashed and hit my head so like it was just Mm. a bit of a challenge like i'm trying to stay healthy again like not only dealing with uh like we weren't dealing with COVID-19 at that time. You know, I was dealing with trying to stay healthy just from injuries yeah. and stuff. So, but it was so cool. Like I was spending so much time at the test track as well, Yamaha test track. So yeah. I was there with Barsha, Plessinger and all the star guys. Um, and that was just really, really cool. Like the intensity that they like training with through the week is just on another level. And you think when you go to that test track, you're like Barsha, Plessinger, Ferrandis, um, like all those guys are there and they want to be the big dog every Mm. single day so the intensity is just next level and you can see why these training facilities and stuff like that now is just why they're every you've got to have a riding partner right now like eli tomac is like the only guy that sort of does it on his own but even jeremy martin goes and rides with him Mm. you know so like he's not doing it on his own all the time now but these training facilities are just killing it because the intensity day after day um is just unreal um so it was an eye-opener being over there for sure it it, i think this year even coming back to australia just racing the queensland stuff like i felt so confident in my intensity like my first three laps were just i knew i was on like if i could get a start i checked out pretty quick um and that just purely come down to the intensity and what i learned over there like they just put everything on the line yeah um and it was just it sort of opened my eyes to what you can actually do on a motorbike, you know, like you sort of go a little bit stale when you're racing just guys here in Australia because that's the benchmark. Mm. That's what I need to catch, you know, like that's where, and it's not that far. And then when I went to America, I was like, well, the benchmark's here in Australia. It can't be that big, you know, but then I went to the test track and I was like, man, these guys are on rails hitting these turns. Like, I just could not believe some of the corner speed that these guys... Like, Justin Cooper, man, his corner speed, like, at the test track was just unbelievable. Like, it was unreal. And, And like, what are you putting it down to? Like, when you go home from a session like that and you're trying to figure out how you can actually make that happen what are you putting it down to and what are you thinking about i mean it was just commitment like that was the thing like i just was 
they're so used to just pushing, pushing, pushing every day and their level has got so high now where when I, like my level here in Australia is like we're at the top in Australia. So like the guys I'm looking to are like, I feel like I'm on that level. Mm. So like we're just pushing each other like little bits, you know. But when I went to America, then it was like, man, this level is like a big chunk that I've got to catch. And I could do that. Like by the end, I could do that for three four five laps like I, I could run Barsha's pace for like there was t- there was days at the test track when I was point two of a second quicker than him in the first three laps mm. but he just stayed that the whole time yeah and, that's not um, like a stress for him no and like yeah it was unreal my speed was like really good for those first few laps and like I was like building confidence off that but I just couldn't maintain that because I, it was so new to me and the intensity just got brought up you and know? would that does that feel just like insanely mentally draining like and just eye speed everything there's so much like the focus of like being in that moment you know and like every mark just working was like intense like it's mm. just always in your face like it was hard to get a breath you know like you'd go home and you're just so mentally exhausted because you're just like everything's coming at me so fast yeah and like you're dealing with the pressure of like like i wanted to do well i'm in america you know like i wanted to and that's no like i'm not trying to hide that or anything like i was over there to try put my name into the industry over there yeah it didn't work out the way i wanted it to do it to go but like i was just so like it was more beneficial for me to just be there and learn like i mm. learned so much from just being there riding the test track day in day out with those guys like just the intensity it was so gnarly but like opened my eyes what was possible on a motorcycle yeah. so like it was so cool in that way and that's where i'm like anything's like it's possible you know like to go that speed but it's just time now you know yeah. like it, you've just got to put the time in yeah and um yeah so like just that's that's going back to like these training facilities and stuff like that that's why they're on another level and like they just keep going they Mm. keep progressing because every day you might be having an off day but the next guy he's ready to take that you know yeah like you think about alden's program right now you've got zach osborne who's just won the final salt lake city race and then coming off a motocross championship like he's the man and then you've also got cooper webb who has just lost this title and he is a fighter like he's a gamer you know so he is going to go for this championship and he's going to put it to Eli Tomac when race time comes you know I think he's a little bit of a sleeper through the week and off season yeah and then he's just he's a gamer like he can qualify he can qualify 15th then next minute he's out winning a moto you're just like what's going on here you know like the guy can just turn it around yeah. um so like and then and, you got Marv and then Marv like yeah. he's a race winner he's a championship contender he's getting older now but he's still that crafty Frenchman mm-hmm. you know he's just he can turn up and he can get it done so the biggest thing like for that is like you've got three title contender guys just constantly pushing each other day in day out like that is another level um, so and and you don't want to be the guy through the week that's like keeps losing so they're just going to keep pushing each other. And, um, you know, so I think that every year we say that this is going to be, mm. the t- it's the toughest year. It's But everyone knows what works now. Yeah. Like, it's just about putting the, all the pieces together. And it's if it's your year, it's your year, you know. Like, every guy in that 450 class has pretty much won a moto, uh, like won races or won championships, you know. Like, 
you go outside the top 10 and they're title contender guys. Yeah, like they're still winners, been, yeah. They've been title contender guys throughout their uh, throughout their career. And you have so many young kids coming up and not a lot of guys falling out of the sport yeah. at the moment, you know? Yeah. Like, we've just lost Chad Reed. And, like, how the dude has just been in this game for so long but think about the generations that he has raced in his time yeah yeah he's had, he's raced in like four or five different eras exactly that and like all have these insane champions in justin brayton for example he's still going yeah and he's a race winner yeah you know like and he's been a guy that he's had seconds and thirds throughout championships mm. in this supercross championship you know so the intensity is just going to be on another level this year and, and man i can't wait to to get in and watch this you know and especially some of these young guys that are coming up and and wanting to prove something so like dylan ferrandis you think he's injured at the moment but he's going to be coming he's got three titles to his name now in mm. america and uh i think he's going to be he's going to open some people's eyes when he jumps on this 450 and yeah and he's a 450 style dude too mm. like we've seen him race the 450 at some of the like the off-season races yep. and he's just absolutely killed it yep. so like he's gonna be like a really gnarly threat this year exactly. like especially once the injury stuff sort of settles down you think about like Cincerello man he like I think people keep like sleeping on him a little bit but I think he's gonna open like mm. he was fastest qualifier so many times last year and then Chase Sexton as you well got Sexton like he's the, he's a rookie he's got like motocross under his belt now but I think he as well, like him and Cincerello, man, their sprint speed is just out of control. Yeah. Like they are going to push each other for this number one qualifying spot every weekend. And that's just going to keep rising and bringing speed up, you know, and, and these older guys are going to have to keep up. Yeah. Like we're talking older guys now and they're not old. That's you know, like, like Kenny, yeah, they're, Eli. They're, not, they're 26, 27 yeah. years old. They're not old, but well, they're veterans in the sport. Dude, you know what's so crazy is that Eli Tomac is the oldest dude in Supercross to win his first 450 title. That is crazy. 27 years old. So, like, it's Eli crazy. wins his first title. Well, and he's like the oldest Osborne, dude to do you it. know, like, in Motocross Championship, he was the oldest guy to do it, you know? He's been around this, but, like, he's raced guys like Stuart and. Yeah. Uh, and Carmichael, you know, like he was the he was the man as a junior and yeah. KDM's um, prodigy, and then went to Europe. Things didn't work out, and he kept grinding. And man, he's now winning championships. So, what, what you said is so true about the whole like training facility thing, mm-hmm. and it's like there's no uh, we posted on the YouTube channel the other day, but like Ricky and Chad made a really good point. There's no secrets anymore. No, and it's like. We posted the um, the clip of Mitch talking about Jet Lawrence. And, uh, man, so many people were blowing up at the comparison between James and Jet. Mm-hmm. They're like, you can't say that. It's like, okay, I get Jet hasn't won. He didn't win the championship in his rookie year. He didn't win a bunch of races. We were strictly speaking about how he looks. Yeah. Like, the look yep. and the vibe that comes from him. Like, yeah, I think he's just... He's got that, like, talent. There's you just know, something like, else. It's it's that... You just couldn't take your eyes off James. You know, like, as a, as a guy on a 125, you just knew something was going to happen. Yeah. Like, there was something like there was a video posted this week of him coming out on, Dude, right? on the kx125 yeah and like jumps at quad and oh. i was just like but that's something jet would do yeah like i remember being at and this is like so new for jet when we we're at melbourne supercross 
there was a uh, rhythm section before the finish line jump and mm, I mm. did it last lap like I held on to it and because I was like I need to do something different like my season wasn't going to plan at all but then I'm like Jet this young kid you know like he's man I can't let this little punk beat me you know <laughs> and uh I was I did this on the last lap I saw the checkered flag come out I was the last guy on the track so I, then I banged out this this combo and it was like I think it was like two three three onto a table off two and everyone was sort of like going uh tabletop plus two so quadding out yeah and it was a hop and i was like man maybe i could like i got it so clean like so much easier than i thought and i was like oh i could get onto this tabletop i got onto it pretty easy and i was thinking maybe i could like go over the back so like quad you know yeah and i did it right in front of jet like in the heat race and pulled away from him a bit next lap i made a mistake he goes back past me and then next minute he goes over the top of the tabletop i'm like dude he just I, he hadn't done it all day long yeah i was the only guy doing it next minute he goes over the tabletop and i was like i don't know even know if he meant to do that like it looked <laughs> like he was trying to go onto the tabletop next minute he went too far so he just went all the way over it. and it was just like it was loose. He didn't think about it. He's a kid. You yeah. Know, he's 17 years old, this kid, and he doesn't have the, I've got to go home to a family this weekend, you, yeah. like next week, you know, like he, it, nothing registers. What is happening right there on the track is like, that's his life. Yeah. So like, he's just gonna, it's gonna be interesting. Like, I can't wait to see where this kid's career goes and what he can do, you know, like he's, look at the dream sponsors he's got, man. Yeah. He's got like, you guys have been speaking about it, Red Bull, like that they do not put their name to someone who isn't something special so like he's going to be an eye-opener but like you were saying there's just i don't think you can compare jet uh, jet to james like james was in a league of his own but i think what you mean is that there's just something special about him like you just can't take your eyes off him because there could be something coming around the corner and it's just jet will just pop something out you know and next minute it's like eye opener and it's like the donut thing he's just a yeah. likable kid you know yeah. james had a writing style that just you couldn't not like it you know yeah. like because it was just there was something about it that just made you feel good and, and, that, and, and I that's think, same as with jet yeah and i think that it's sort of i think the thing that people haven't really factored into this conversation about jet is exactly what you said about training facilities mm-hmm. we live in this era where everybody trains together yeah there are no like wildly different people and then there's jet lawrence yeah most people know what alden's doing exactly and they're all doing the same thing they're all seeing each other ride they're all riding with each other Mm -hmm. it's so hard to to like stand out leaps and bounds above everybody else and you think so like let's talk about the james stewart era you had guys right that were like Brock Sellards and you know what I mean like all of these sort of random Mike Brown and they were sort of scattered around they had their own tracks and their own programs and it just wasn't tight like it is now mm-hmm. and then James was off doing his thing and then here comes this dude that was just so much better than everybody else but if you look at the way that from let's say James rookie year in Supercross to now in the way that everybody like it's such a level playing field in terms of the way you train the the bikes uh mm-hmm. way like everyone's on a lot similar equipment i guess you'd say yeah, like a factory I, I, level I don't bike think, like, I, there's no secrets anymore like you yeah. know like going from 
so many people are changing like you you look at anderson um roxon all these guys have been in alden's program they know what yeah. works or they've all had someone that's been in that program it's not a secret anymore um and these other training facilities are now like there's so much science behind it and so much yeah. data behind what works these days that it's so accessible yeah but it's just like what the writer like each writer has something special about them you know yeah. it's about like trying to channel that you know and i think jet is at the moment he's just a young kid and he's so confident and uh he's so likable yeah um but he's just he's excited you know and everything's working in his favor right now so it's going to be very very interesting and going back on the training facilities is that they've got their own little hub that works for them and i think going from what they've been through you know like they're not they're not guys that i don't have that so i can't win you know like they want to prove people wrong they've got that aussie like underdogs yeah like and and i think that's just what we're made of in australia you know we go international and we don't need to have the best of the best but we'll just turn up and yeah with our backpack and we're ready to go you know chuck us on a bike and let's fight this thing well and i think that that's sort of the cool thing about the lawrence brothers and you know their old boy darren is Mm -hmm. that they they're not part of this like facility thing like obviously they don't get caught up i mean well they they, they they just don't get caught up in that little like I don't know, like a little bit of a hub sort of thing. Yeah. Like it's, it doesn't have to be clicky, you yeah. know, like our industry sometimes gets clicky and I don't, I don't think that they get caught up in that, you know, like they've done it hard. Well, they've just had this different route, you know, like they, they sort of went from here to Europe super early. Like imagine the experience that, that Jet had, like he was just a young kid. Like he was so young when he went there. Yeah, like, and all the attentions on Hunter. <laughs> like Hunter's the older one, so yep. like Hunter's getting the. You know, he had the ride, and he was doing the races first, and then Jet kind of was like this in the shadow kind of um, kid with with Hunter. Yeah, but just soaking everything up, and in this low pressure environment, like yeah, Jet, do your thing, dude. Mm-hmm. Like. We'll, when we're ready we'll start with you when when you're ready you know yeah, like i remember man i used to go like they i was at i was teammates with hunter you know like he was well i was just turned senior you know he was on yamaha he'd come and spend some time in new zealand but even when i was on kdm here in australia yeah, yeah. As, a, as a junior hunter was the man like he was the kid that was getting like kdm were getting a hold of him you know and jet would turn up to the track and be off with his mates dancing and like yeah. there was days when hunter was at the track and jet was at dance you know like doing hip-hop dancing and he wasn't like he had no interest in in riding motorbikes you know because he had this other like it was just like he was going to be this party boy yeah but he's worked it out you know and it's cool and i think he's got this like personality that is so likable but on the other hand is like i think racing does mean everything to him right now but he's also got this other side other character that he can take away from racing and he finds fun in other things you know like he's still a kid yeah and he can do kid things and you know he's not dealing with financial troubles or anything like that like some other you know like there's other things that other riders are probably dealing with like got to pay mortgage this week you know phone bills and things like that you know and maybe it's not that big of a deal to some people but I bet you some of these other races are 
are thinking about that that's more mental load where jet is just like yeah. even if he had those i don't think it would worry yeah. you know like he's just that that sort of kid that has no stress and it's just let's have fun i remember sitting on the i think mitch was speaking about it on the podcast the other day you know like i was sitting next to jet on the start line at anaheim too 30 second board comes out and he's ran off to the toilet and talking to these other guys and like his mechanics like man where is he you know like blowing up and i'm like got my goggles on ready to go and jet's like just cruising on back and he's like yeah no no stress like whatever we'll just go race and then look at a2 yeah that was (laughs) a pretty good race for him right man it was unbelievable but like i was sitting next to him on the start line and he was just clowning around like he's just a kid and uh it's it's so cool to see what he's doing you know and and hunter you know like i think maybe the pressure is now like the focus has maybe shifted a little bit for hunter uh i like the spotlight so uh, hopefully this can help hunter out you know and and he can get back to being healthy and really just focus on his riding like i think he is like we're saying hunter's the older brother but he is still a kid as well yeah Uh, yeah. they've experienced so much in this lifetime yeah traveling the world they've moved from australia to europe all over europe and now they're in america and we're looking at hunter as an adult yeah but he's still a kid yeah and like he's only a couple years older than jet you know but he's had a tough couple years and uh hopefully now things can start turning around and he can just focus on getting back to being 100 percent. and the pressure maybe is off him a little bit because you gotta think that now he's getting a little bit older he's probably like understanding what his parents went through to get him to there and And like he would have been the one that like wore the um bulk of the responsibility i've got to make this happen exactly like Like, he was the one that they were there for originally he would have I feel like uh, when you look at Jet and Hunter, Hunter's the guy that kind of had to grow up quick Mm -hmm. because they moved for him. He was the first guy through all of, like, he was the first one to have these rides. He was the first one in the MX2 class of the GPs. And Jet was able to just kind of hang back and the the pressure and the focus sort of wasn't on Well, when they first went to America, the team was like, oh, you've got a brother? Yeah. You know? So and not taking anything away from jet like what he's doing is unreal and like it's so cool because we've just like chad reed has always been our guy we've always looked at chad reed Mm. now we're starting to we've got that next guy you know and it's at the moment it's jet and that's not to say that i don't think hunter can be that guy too you know like there's not just one chad reed Mm. and like it doesn't have to just be jet hunter is going to be that guy too like i believe in what hunter's pro like what he can do and um he is talented on a bike man like i think he's really going to open some people's eyes once he gets healthy and gets a solid like he's had a lot like he's come back from so many injuries now and not had a lot of seasons behind him that Mm. to build that base yeah he just needs to get a season back under his belt and um i think he's going to be on again you know but like we're saying he's wore that i think no matter how hard you try to like put that pressure away and like not think about it it's still there it's still there hunter's dealt with that for sure like i i haven't spoke to hunter directly about that but like for myself you know your parents have packed up everything moved the whole family to another side of the country like the world for your racing you know like you've got to make this work now and hunter 100 would feel that and that's where i think 
he's probably got down on himself a little bit over the over the past few years and um i just want to see him do well man like he, yeah. he they are a good they are a good couple of kids you know like they're they got that aussie um like attitude you know like we're just gonna hang out have a good time and if someone gives me a little rough up well then i'll give it back to them you know and and we've seen that in their racing so far you know yeah. jet's been getting into it too and and hunter did you know he come back at salt lake city and him and faulkner got into <laughs> it you know straight into it. so um and that's just that i'm i don't give a shit attitude you know like it's not arrogant it's just how they've grown up and you got to think like they've worked hard to get to where they are now yeah. and they're not going to take any bullshit like it, so they I, shouldn't no i'm here to i'm here i've worked just as hard as anyone else so um i hope that both of those boys can get back up top because they're both though they are both championship guys and uh like we're saying hunter is still a kid and we've all got to keep remembering that he is just a kid yeah still he's still got so much to learn and he's had to grow up so quick the the cool thing right so like if you look at the lawrence brothers and the lawrence family so very very similar kind of trajectory to the to the way chad reed went about Mm -hmm. his career they went to Europe, obviously, a lot younger, especially yep. in Jet's case. But they went to Europe. They did well in the GPs. Then they moved to the US and found success in the US quickly. Chad Reed had the best career of any Australian ever. Mm-hmm. He did that without a father in his corner. Yeah. So you look at the Lawrence brothers. Mm-hmm. They've got an amazing father yeah, in their corner. They've got a really good founda- foundation there. They've got their family there. Yep. He's got like hunter looks like he's he's pretty sad he's got his his girlfriend there yeah he's got his dog that he just loves posting about and uh he's got a strong program there he's got family backing behind him yeah. and family support and the whole of australia is supporting these two guys too you know like they want to see them do well it's not pressure it's like we love watching what these kids are doing because yeah they have done it hard and they took the risk and it's working out um so yeah it, it's it's unreal like I, I think it's going to be really cool to see the the career that these kids have because that family has put everything into it you yeah. know Darren has sacrificed a lot and I like when Hunter was on Yamaha here in Australia he was coming and riding with me he coming to New Zealand but no matter who you were if like Darren was so open to anything that I had to say mm. like I was riding through the week and at that time I was the championship guy like I was winning championships here in Australia you know so they naturally were just trying to learn from that you know not only Hunter like Hunter was so motivated to learn but Darren was as well like I'd be on the pit board getting like doing motos and and Hunter would jump in like I'd invite them in to do my motos with me and stuff and he's on a 125 getting ready for junior world titles but his dad would just sit there at the track and watch me scrub one jump for the whole 30 minutes and just like analyze everything that I was doing and then I I remember him saying like my leg work when I was scrubbing was like unbelievable he couldn't he couldn't fault it you know like and and first thing as soon as Hunter pulled up he wanted Hunter watching what I was doing because he could just see something there. Yeah, and just, he just trying to wa- take every yeah, bit of detail and like, he could. And that's where I think Darren is like, he's obsessed mm. with it, you know? And he wants the best for these boys and that's what he's given them. Yeah, and I think that, you know, you look at 
the what Chad was able to accomplish essentially with just him and Ellie. Yeah. Like they didn't I mean, obviously they had like his management and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but I mean, you know how important it is to to have that base and that group around you. And I mean Chad was able to accomplish more than any Australian has ever done yep. with really a limited support network around him. But I think that with the Lawrence boys, having Darren, having Emma, they've got Lucas yep. Myrtle, another Australian as their agent, and they're such a tight-knit group. They've got Johnny O as mm-hmm. their trainer. Like, they've come in and they've done everything right. And if you want to, yep. you know, you want to talk about... <clears throat> we've now got like we've kind of got our next Chad Reed mm-hmm. and it's in the form of these two brothers but man if you want to look at the package that they've got around him man they've kind of got a better package than yeah. than what Chad would have had you know like to to have parents there that are able to give you that level of support well, that, that level of dedication them, no oh, matter what you it's know? got like, to be huge man yeah 100% and uh, I think that's what we're seeing there is why they're succeeding they're why they're riding for hrc at the moment you know they're 17 years old and like jet's 17 years old red bull hrc like it's all working to their favor at the moment and i think that just purely comes down to all the right decisions that they've made you know like yeah. they're very particular about the decisions and they've taken risks but those risks have rewarded them and now that they're seeing the reward for that um so i think that the future is very bright for this family and uh i like i said i'm i'm so excited like i I get goosebumps thinking about watching jet and hunter go for championships because to me like i feel like i'm just as invested in this whole program as they are you know because i've just seen the risks that they've taken i've been a part of a little bit a part a part of hunter's um riding for a few years you know when he was here in australia and i felt like i I took him under my wing a little bit you know so um i'm really really excited to see these guys Uh, the biggest thing is i want to see hunter healthy because we have not seen hunter 100 percent healthy and fighting for race wins where he should be um and i think like where jed is at the moment man it's gonna be it's only going to bring Hunter up with him. Um, and how cool is it that we're going to have them on separate coasts? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're going to be at it. Like imagine being Jet and you've got your brother, which is just as good as you yep. are, that's there for you each weekend. And then once that goes, then you've got Jet there for yeah. for Hunter each weekend. Like that's a crazy, yeah, crazy and, and dynamic. Both, like that was the thing. Hunter, like jet was bummed that hunter got hurt again he just Mm. like podiumed his first supercross and he was over it like he was he didn't care about the podium as much like he was excited but he was more devastated for his brother that had just got hurt again you know and you could say like uh hunter could be bitter on like how jet's going and like like i'm sure there's some part he's like man i I can't let this kid be better than me but Hunter seems like he is so invested in what Jet's doing as well that he just wants to see Jet do well. You know, like, Jet just got Red Bull. Yeah. Like, he he's probably, like, a few hundred grand a year, like, yeah, quite yeah, well yeah, up, yeah, you know? Yeah. And uh, he's probably signing on for just as much, like, probably more money than Hunter. Yeah. But Hunter is just, like, taking it in and he's like, he deserves it. 
Yeah, like, 100%. He could be bitter about this whole thing of the younger brother coming up and beating him and getting all these deals, but he's like, no. Like, he deserves it. He He's doing well and he does, he's worked for this. Yeah. You know, like he's had the results. Well, he's to seen show it, yeah. Yeah, and Hunter is like, he'll get his time. Man, mm. I, I 100% have Dude, no doubt. Well, like that moto that... Um, he and I think he ended up crashing the in the moto at Parlor, mm-hmm. but him and AC, dude, yep, like that was a yep. crazy, crazy. He was like the battle. only guy to yeah. to beat AC that year, you know, like straight up. So he's got the talent, and yeah, uh, the best th- is th- definitely at the come. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. Especially with the backing of this this strong Aussie family, like yep. the never give up attitude that they have, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be real, like. 2021 championship i'm so excited for this thing to get under underway so where's the um where's the the schedule so this is pretty much like the first time that the schedule for supercross has ever changed in the history of supercross we're so yeah yeah. we're so used to the same thing anaheim won the first weekend of january and then the first weekend of may we wrap this thing up and 2021 it's just like everything goes out the window yeah so we, we did the you know salt lake was this trial run of you know sun, sunday wednesday saturday like mm-hmm. the different schedule we'd never seen that before and i don't know whether these guys were thinking that okay 2021 we get back to normal because i mean i don't know well, what was your take on the the way that the salt lake rounds played out did you enjoy the the racing like quicker time in between races like what did you think about it from a racer's perspective i think i think it's cool um like it's a grind yeah like monday to friday doing that all the time man like it's just a grind you just want to go racing and you're constantly racing you're racing three times within eight days or something like that you know like it yeah it's it's cool like where are races um and these guys in america are races you know they just want to race this is where they they make their bread and butter and uh now they got the opportunity to do that you know they don't have to travel like all the all the negative side of like not even negative but like the hard things of the being things an, that make it a grind yeah like these flights overnight flights red eye flights getting back to the training facilities and then working all week to get ready and then jumping back on a plane fly back to the other side of the country they're minimizing all that and they're just in the one hub to do their job like they're getting their sleep in they're getting their proper recovery they can they're in their own like they're in houses where they can make sure they're getting all the right foods they're not having to eat takeout mm. and stuff like this so i think it's it was a, a bonus in that way you know zach osborne he told everyone how happy he was about about doing this you know i think osborne is a very open-minded person from his travels in europe and yeah that's true he's a person he's a guy that's had to have his like standard routine broken so many times yeah you know and like i've seen that european side like it's not easy and it's just different culture like so he's had to learn that and i think he's open to schedules like this i I think he's open to change Uh, i think he can like at the drop of a hat if all things come truck flies apart or whatever and the van turns up his motorbike's still there some guys that would just rattle yeah zach osborne would turn up and race yeah you know like he doesn't care like there's been talk of when he went to russia he slept in a tent you know like at a gp (laughs) (laughs) like it's just uh he's 
I think he's such a hard worker and, and going back to being a gamer, you know, like he when the helmet comes on and the gate drops, him and Webb are the guys that are going to just, they're putting the boxing gloves on and they're going for a fight, you know, like anything's going to, whatever happens or whatever gets thrown in front of them, they'll deal with it. Yeah. So Ronan, can you pull up the schedule for like the dates for 2021? And uh, yeah, it'd be... Uh, so like this has changed, like the, the schedule has changed like three times now, I think, like... So, yeah. And... So when did it last change? No, so just... Well, what was it's that? Like, like I say, I think it was like 18th of December or something. It's changed yeah. uh, again, but that was only just the, the coasts for the 250s that have changed. So um, what is... Oh, so hang on. That's... Yeah, um, see if you can find it on yours even. So round one is going to be Saturday, January 16th. So they've got Houston, Saturday, Tuesday, and then Saturday. Yes. So I mean this... So, so the first seven so day hang on is that orlando orlando Indianapolis. sorry guys. oh yeah so yeah, they've got the yeah, east yeah. there so it starts off with the east coast so that's so yeah it's gonna up, be that's the first time in history so the that first the east coast three at houston are gonna be east coast yeah so you see it's got e there next to it yeah at the end oh yeah 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 sweet so yeah it's gonna be so they've yeah, so they've changed the first it back time. so originally it went to so usually we start in California yeah. and this is the first time we are not going to have a championship in California, like a race in California. Yeah. Like how mind blowing is that? Like you usually have three Anaheims because they sell that stadium out. Well, that's, yeah, that's the crazy thing is like the, the economics behind going to California. Like the reason it goes there three times is because that's where the industry is that's like that's where all the race teams are based like all their workshops are there and all the motocross supercross tracks like the test facilities everything is based in california and we are starting to slowly see that shift now you know like um teams you look at husky kdm they're all investing this money in alden's program out in florida yeah so i don't think it's long until everything is moved out to there you know star racing has been talking about moving everything to florida as well better um, tax there's 100%. like a bunch of stuff yeah. that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. can play into something like that yeah. the thing with california is and, and i mean i don't know whether uh people internationally understand uh this sort of element of it but supercross and motocross and action sports are a part of the fabric of california's culture Mm -hmm. there's not many other states in the u.s that are like california in the sense that the the whole counterculture of punk rock and skating and surfing and bmx like that really was was built there Mm -hmm. and there's so many people that go to these supercross races that they're generational action sports yeah. kids and families and well you think when you're in california you can be in the desert you can within an hour like you can be at the snow within an hour you can be at the beach within an hour yeah like that's why it's the hub of action sports because yeah it's so easy to do everything there you know you're an action sports athlete that is just looking for an adrenaline rush and you can go out to the snow you can do that you can get be on the water surfing or doing whatever you know you got like canyon lake for the wakeboard like all the wakeboarders live there yeah so i mean and and that's why it's become the hub of yeah of these athletes you know because uh you know you want to 
you want to be a successful athlete, you you base yourself around successful people, and that's yeah. where they're all based at the moment. You know. So I think it's a it's a huge blow for just i guess culturally well and especially now glendale is gone because yeah. glendale was only like i think that for us was like Four a five hours, hour yeah, yeah five, five hour drive hours. or something like that so all those california great people, party city too scottsdale <laughs> arizona did you yeah, go out and party no i didn't experience Fuck, that i've got a man. wife and daughter man <laughs> three-year-old daughter in Dude, arizona I've, I've had some adventures trying <laughs> to get home from that fucking phoenix round man we had one time uh it was the year, I can't remember what year it was, but uh, K-Dub, it was the year he knocked mm. himself out. Okay. And so little D from FMF, it's his birthday on the Phoenix weekend. So he always has his birthday party there. So like, fuck, every year, dude, you used to just absolutely send it at Phoenix. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, the, so the year that K-Dub got knocked out, uh, he didn't want to fly because of like his yeah, his yeah. head going up in the altitude yeah so i uh it must have been like 11 or 12 so anyway, i went out all night didn't get home and uh i ended up i said to roger larson from seven james's mm-hmm. dude yep. i was just like i was out with him pretty much all night and yep. i was like hey man i missed my flight i'm driving home with you so uh me uh roger and K-Dub all drove home from Phoenix and it was yep. football playoffs on. Oh, okay. So then we ended up stopping at the... It took like 15 hours to get home. <laughs> we had this insane... But oh. dude, it, literally every year there was like a story like that that come out of Phoenix. So yeah. rest in peace, Glendale. I really hope you get well, back and on and the that schedule. was like a really cool stadium. Like dude, I, I was there good for this year. It's a long... Like it's an NFL stadium. Yeah. So it's quite long. Got really long... Always got rhythm. a huge start straight. Yeah, long, long rhythm lanes, long, long whoops. whoops. Yeah. yeah, like man, and those whoops. Dude, oh, no. no joke. Yeah, and I was like, this is just a quick memory for me like that's why I, as soon as you said whoops i was just shaking my head because like i was third in the heat race in the final heat race and two whoops from the end clipped the tough block oh. on the first lap went down and i was like man you gotta be kidding me first finally a decent start and i'm like up front clipped a tough block in the whoops but anyway so Dude, the, and uh, that was just a, a reminder like um oh i can't even remember what i was gonna say now something just flicked there the, oh, um, yeah the schedule like the so we're going away from glendale where they were going to have three rounds now we're talking about going to orlando florida and it's an open stadium mm. so like and florida rains a lot it's cheaper for them. I understand that it's probably going to be cheaper. Like it's a speedway from what I'm, oh, what I'm gathering. So yeah, Orlando, yeah, yeah. Florida. Yeah. Um, it's an older stadium, but it's open. Like so, we're talking Daytona and Orlando being open, open air stadium. So that's four potential mud races. Yeah. The thing is too that that's interesting about um go back to the um the actual dates. So that is so for the guys that uh on the oh so one of them's going to be an east coast round and one of them's going to be a yeah, west coast round yep. that's so sorry cool. only two two in uh camping world stadium can you go can you google camping world stadium ronan well let's just have a look at it mm. um i wonder yeah, if so that's daytona like it, it'll be cool because like i think uh well I, I don't think florida actually has any like I think they're just like yeah we're just going ahead like dude, everything's Florida not just doesn't normal. give a fuck dude well that th- yeah so it's an open air stadium so um, that's a football stadium though yeah that's oh cool. yeah okay yep. well that's sick okay cool 
Um, yeah, so that's going to be a, essentially uh, all of the anyone based in Florida. That's you're going to be able to sleep in your own bed because mm-hmm. Orlando, yeah. Claremont, Florida is where all of yep. the all of the facilities are. So that's going to be like a, a couple extra weekends that are essentially going to be a home yeah, round, easy travel for. Yeah, them. and then you've got Daytona that following um, weekend. That's kind of cool, man. Like that's going to be a. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a sick race in a football stadium. Um, so then where do we go back from that? Go back to that schedule, Ronan. Man, this is going to be the most brutal. Like, so I was just watching uh, Jeff Walker put out a video yesterday, like where he spoke about his um, race bike because he's, mm-hmm. um, he's doing West Coast 250s and he's literally moved to Florida so that he could do... Uh, the west coast in California right so now he's gonna have to do so he's gonna be going to starting his series in Orlando Daytona then to Texas which isn't crazy bad no but Um, it's more like Texas middle isn't it so like yeah but I can tell you right now because originally when they made these date changes they changed east and west and like for 450 guys that does not matter yeah. and for the factory 250 guys that doesn't matter either yeah. but the issue comes is when you're talking about private guys because um, hey and private- Atlanta ain't on the west coast no and, and like you would think that more like when we're talking about making all like so Florida for example that we're gonna like that is a west round but all the other ones as well that are actual east coast like that's a big travel like you could at least bring them back into mm. the more central American states, I guess, which I think this this way works out better, starting it with east and then going back to the west. But originally, when they made these date changes, they were going west and then east. Um, so, like, going back on what we were saying with um, parts and stuff like that, a lot of these West Coast teams weren't getting parts until yeah. January because the manufacturing side of it is everything's so slow especially with new bikes well man that's got to make it hard for like honda mm-hmm. brand new motorcycle yeah. for the 450 well motor concepts you look at those guys they're just staying on the old program yeah they're staying yeah. on the older which makes bikes. sense because that was a, they had that black dialed mm-hmm. so we go saturday tuesday saturday so the first three rounds of this series are going to be contested in seven days yep which is insane. It's going to be... Well, like, we are the only sport, really, that is still weekend to weekend. Mm. NFL, NBA, they play through the week. Yeah. You know, like, NASCAR's through the week, too, you know? I think NASCAR's through the week. I'm hoping that... Yeah, I've never watched NASCAR. <laughs> no, but, like, yeah, you know, like, television as well through the week is... Yeah, you've got to think that it's yeah. going to be better. I wonder... Um, I wonder if this works out because i i like it and i think that when you go racing saturday tuesday saturday and you're in a different city it just levels out the playing field Mm -hmm. you can train off the bike but you can't really get in your motos you can't really be getting in a bunch of laps and i'm not mad at that no and i think you don't forget how to ride a motorcycle when you're i think it slows it down they're going to recover more like I think in America they ride so much, man. Like European guys, I think guys, they ride too much. European guys, they don't have the chance. Like oh, when I did those GPs in 2017, we turn up to Argentina. Yeah. Hurlings, Jonas, 
those guys they were flying back to Belgium to get two days of riding in yeah and then flying back to Indonesia so the other side of the world that's insane but Kai Rowley guys are all these guys they raced um who'd you say no, no, back? sorry uh, Qatar so Jonas flew back and Hurlings flew back they were banging chicks for sure that's literally <laughs> so, sorry the not only Argentina Qatar flew. Qatar yeah, yeah. it was so Qatar was first round and we went Qatar and then flew straight from Qatar to Indonesia yeah and had a round in Indonesia the following weekend these guys did race Qatar hopped on a flight that night flew back to Belgium for two days of riding and then hopped back on a plane to get back to Indonesia other side of the world and that just isn't worth it like no and that's where like oh man does that really benefit you like I mean you're going back and you're gonna ride you're gonna be jet lagged you've traveled um, that's what I mean they're banging chicks for sure (laughs) these are like Cairoli guys or all those guys they hung out on the beach in Bali for the week and then went and raced this Indonesian GP you know like they're world class guys I mean, I understand with Supercross, like, it's nice to keep your eye in and just feel comfortable. But I think this is going to force the guys to maybe ease up a little bit on their week-to-week training and yeah. maybe injuries as well. Maybe it'll it'll allow them to recover a little bit more, not get so fatigued through the week because of the riding and the travel. Um, and you may not see guys get hurt through the week. Yeah. like we have you know later in the season uh, and, and I hope that's the case because you know you look at we're just trying to predict the future here you know but like we can't right. we can't do that so we're just throwing throwing our thoughts out there we're just pissing in the wind <laughs> yeah but one of the things that you know you look at uh, a sport like Formula One they're not in the Formula One car through the week no MotoGP MotoGP Jack ain't riding mm-hmm. his Ducati no. These guys, there's so many sports where you can you can point to that. I think we're just spoiled a little bit that we are, we're able to do it. So we try to make the most of it. Exactly. And I think that there is definitely this element of a competitive advantage if you can. And I mean, you you look at the private jet era mm-hmm. with Ricky and Chad. Yeah, and yeah. You know, those guys were milking every single minute mm-hmm. of their of their training programs. Like they finished the the weekend and then they're straight on a private jet they're straight into a smaller regional airport their cars there they're out of there they're straight on recovery you know they're gaining days on their competition Mm -hmm. that are you know they're the other factory guys yeah so you know and i I just don't think the resources were there for the for everybody else to do it like it was it was so divided by that point like you knew that every weekend you went racing at that point i think it was either Chad, Ricky, or James who were going to win. Yeah. The other guys were like, maybe we can get a podium if one of these guys crash or something like that or something mm. doesn't go right. But now it's not like that. Like, everybody else is on the same playing field because yeah. these manufacturers have invested so much money into these training facilities. Yeah. And every amateur kid is pretty much jumping in on these training facilities from, like, 10 years old. Yeah. You know, so... Um, but yeah, yeah I think I think that this schedule is going to, I don't know, it, it sort of puts motocross in, or supercross, I guess it puts supercross in more of a well, quote it, unquote normal, uh, normal playing field. Like yeah. you, you know, you're seeing these other sports like MotoGP and F1, like then just not getting to do the same 
amount of laps. And I think that it's going to be, I think it's going to be great for the racing. I think that um, you're going to have guys that are just, they're just there to race. There's no, you know, there's no practice. There's no, uh, there's no other laps that need to get done. Like you can literally just focus. I think that you're going to have more of an emphasis on these guys, like watching tape, studying the races, studying their riding through, through the week. They're cutting back the, the travel to start with. That's like a a massive thing. Um, so they're actually able to go back straight back to their house. Like you got Arlington, you got so many triple headers and double headers, um, that, like they can just be based in these areas and relax like hopefully it can bring that like i feel like america is so divided in the way like you go to a gp every rider is talking to one another yeah you go to america and like they're all in their own motorhomes they're all in their own little private booths and stuff like that no one talks to either anyone and uh maybe this eases that uh, like takes the tension off that a little bit because Mm. they're all based in the one area that they then maybe start to hang out a little bit more i don't know and then in saying that they're probably not going to be hanging out because we've got to remember in the middle of a pandemic yeah the whole COVID thing. <laughs> well the the cool thing is that um i think for the fans as well i think they can be so much more invested in this program yeah like in the way you've got saturday tuesday saturday saturday tuesday like yeah there's a race pretty much Every couple of days. Fuck, it's going to be hard to do Supergrass Companion for all this. <laughs> Good luck, man. That's gonna, are you going to come do some? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll be in. Fuck yeah. Um, go back to that uh, that um, doc we had up. Uh, so what else have we What else have we got to talk about here? Um, so, yeah, Marv, Hunter, Alden. Hold up there. Go up. I mean, Roxon, like, you think about Roxon and uh, coming off, like, he missed them outdoors. He, he decided to sit that out. Like, we saw in Salt Lake City that he obviously didn't have his health under control. Yeah. And um, it was it was hurting him, you know? Like, he was struggling. One, week, uh, one day he could be sweet. He was recovered. He won a race. And then, like, you look, Webb Web thought he was going to fatigue. He tried to play a game where... He's gonna fatigue. I'll, yeah. I'll let, let him come. That was, and Roxon ended up going away, going away and getting the win. Um, so hopefully, you know, like it's a lot of surgeries, man. His body's gone through mm. unbelievable sorts of things. To do you reckon that? Do you reckon that Kenny is like we've seen the best of him? I think we missed out on seeing the best of him, to be honest. Like I think with those injuries, like man, w- before he had that crash, he was on another <laughs> level. It was psycho, dude. Like, he was going so fast, it was out of control. So, I think just... I think we've missed out on seeing maybe the best of what, like, what could have been. Yeah, like, we never saw his full potential. No, No, not at all. I don't think so. Mm. But in saying that, like, he is just... He brings that class to our sport, you know? Like, he thinks outside the box a little bit and uh, turns up in a suit. You know, like, he's classy. And he doesn't care what anyone else thinks. He's got that... He's he brings that little bit of like cockiness, but people love him for it, you know. So you're you're right. Like I hey, I love Kenny, mm-hmm. the absolute man. Yeah. But I think you might be right in terms of we never got to see. Mm-hmm. Like if he didn't have that crash, that season might have gone down in history as like wow. Yeah. No one's waxed people like that 
in a real long time. No, nah, I mean, but man, we we didn't. He was dominant. It was crazy dominant, and he looked different. He looked like he was doing a different sport. And I remember seeing he was so confident. Like you could oh. just see in the way that he carried himself. When Kenny is on, man, he is so confident. You can just see the way that he carries himself, the way he talks, he, the way he approaches stuff on social media. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, but he is just. I, I hope that we can get that back. You know, maybe getting that win last year, that weight off the shoulders um, through the Supercross might re-energize something. Yeah. And maybe having a little bit more time off now. He's a family man. He's just had a kid. He's married. Like, I don't know. Maybe we'll see a new Kenny. But I think it's just so competitive these days that I don't think you'll see someone just dominate. I, I don't think that. I think those days are gone. Yeah. You know, you look at Webb and... um. Web, how much he wants it, you, Tomac, he's gonna be, he's gonna be on. He's broken that little like, can I win this Supercross title? Mm. And he's won it now. I think he is a guy that's gonna go on. In, he can start last and still come through that field, where some of those other guys just can't do that. You know. Yeah. Um, he just opens our eyes. He he has those rides that are just like eye opener. Um, and then throw Kenny in there, man. Any any night of the week, he can turn up and and win motos um ac he's he's a guy that's coming up and and ready to fight he wants to win and he'll put everything on the line like i remember seeing some of the stuff he was doing over there um ac yeah like he hangs it out Mm. he does not care like he does not care to crash like it's out of control and even just every guy in general over there putting hot laps down the yellow flag is out pretty much the whole practice. And they just don't give a fuck. No. Like, Alex Martin, man. That guy can crash. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> but he just... Like, we were at San Diego and he crashed like three times in the whoops. Three laps in a row. Just doesn't care. Doesn't Yeah. Like, just crash. Get back up. Just hang it out and go for it. Crash. Get back up. But, like, it's qualifying is so important over there and it's just about putting one single yeah. lap down and they don't care if they crash out the whole practice as long as they get that one lap in yeah and it's, that's the intensity and that's the attitude that they've got to have is that they don't care to crash like we race motorbikes like it's we know it's a part of the job but man that was an eye-opener seeing those guys laying on the ground as much as they do like i was at the test track one day and ferrandis was working sections and he crashed three laps in a row in the same turn. <laughs> and I was just like, what is this guy doing? You know, like, I could not believe it. And he then just turns up on the weekend and does what he does. But you he's know? just like, that's just how hard they're trying to figure stuff out and push. Yeah. Like, him and DV are like, got a different program. Like, it's, really? just, it's just that French way of riding, you know? They're so crafty and technical on a bike and so efficient on the motorcycle that skill days and just, they don't show all their cards through the week. They turn yeah. up and they don't, it's like they don't moto all week long. They just put bits and pieces together and then the puzzle comes together on race day. Mm. And that's the thing, like, I wonder. And in saying, sorry, in saying that, Roxon is like, he is a guy that puts the work in and we see him put the work in. Like, he trains hard, man. You look at his body, he is strong, he is fit. Yeah. You see him in motos. But I think just what he has gone through, I think that's just been so hard on his body. Just taxing. And 
like man that has to get to a point where mentally that is just like, well, it's just like is it worth it no man like do you want to go through something like that again like he never looks out of control he's so f- perfect I don't like using the word perfect on it's, it's a made up word but um, he is like if you think of about perfect it, you like look at rocks and the way he rides a motorcycle like we just saw that video of him wheel tap that staircase this morning and like you need 100% commitment to do that but he just does things like that and he brings that like, like it's finesse. so yeah but like even to be a HRC like HRC is like such a corporate company and he sort of like breaks that a little bit to say like I'm this punk badass like German kid who loves to ride dirt bikes and I've still got a personality he doesn't Mm. get caught up in the shirt tucked in buttons done up properly you know like I mean he brings that class by but like in his own way yeah he's got like he I just saw last week he had like a a neck tat you know like we're in an action sport I gather that you know like I get that but HRC is like a full corporate company yeah HRC (laughs) isn't exactly like a neck tat no so but he's he, just bringing he, over the H, H and H days, you know? Yeah, like, he's just... He's his own personality. He doesn't care what anyone else thinks, you know? Like, and I think no matter who writes him off or who does... Who says what, Kenny's going to go out there and try to prove you wrong. Like, because mm. he's... I think he is just a, a guy that, like, when he believes in what he's doing, it just works. Yeah. Know? And so, you, all right, so with Kenny, mm-hmm. we had this guy that was insanely fast smoking everybody for those first few rounds Mm -hmm. and it just looked like wow we're about to see something crazy yeah and then he crashes out of the championship and essentially it's cost him years of his career like this is there's been a hangover of that crash that has lasted and i i don't think it's i don't think it's unjustified yeah 100% I don't and I don't think it's mental either as in the way that it's like he's scared yeah scared of crashing or anything like that maybe it's not that but you gotta think what his body went through with all those surgeries like no one no one can be put in like you can't tell me that what that's going to do because none of us have been through that you know like yeah you know I feel like absolute balls when I've had one surgery that guy had that many surgeries and what he had to come back through Mm. was just unbelievable like even his immune system just everything must be just so totally shot like I've had times where I've went on antibiotics and my immune system is just shot for the rest of the year until I have time off yeah like I had a small surgery on my finger where I had a laceration and it broke the end of my finger and I they had to give me antibiotics through a drip and it just wiped everything all my immune system and then I had to pull my daughter out of um, daycare like kindy because I was oh going, she was like bringing it oh home. man she yeah, wasn't getting yeah. sick but I was getting sick you yeah, know like and yeah. I was like I'm trying to sort of make some money and like yeah. support my family but like I'm sick all the time you know so like just to think what Kenny's gone through you know like is just it must be so hard and like mentally what he's had to go through like depressed like depression all that sort of stuff you know like we don't know any of that side of it if he's yeah he's experienced any of that sort of stuff you know and like the pressure as well of 
what he the expectations of what he set on what he wanted to achieve in his time and what he's shown us yeah like kenny kenny has shown us a glimpse Mm -hmm. of just someone that is truly special yeah 100 percent. when he had that crash we were looking at a very special rider Mm -hmm. having a very special season Mm -hmm. and you're right the way that he was at the press conferences the way that he was handling himself with the media the way that he would uh conduct his own social media and then you transferred all of that to just this insane ability on the track but i mean here's the thing though like if you look back at the people that have won championships in the let's go back to you know the villapoto mm-hmm. at the start of him winning four of those titles it's like there was dunge super consistent there was nothing crazy flashy about the, the way that Dunge got it done to win yeah. championships. Then you look at Villapoto. There's nothing crazy about the way that Villapoto got it done to win yeah. championships. And then you look at Webb. Nothing crazy about that. So it's like, yeah, we don't have that Kenny anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't have that guy that was going to well, put down you, Tomac, you know like an 18 um, uh, 17 races of just completely ruining the field like mm-hmm. that kenny's probably gone like yep. you are right about that but there's a kenny in there that can win multiple races a season yep and can be on the podium more than he's off the podium and we've seen statistically that's more likely to win you a championship than being that insanely fast spectacular guy so you are right that that kenny's gone Mm -hmm. but this kenny could still win championships and especially the way that he starts seasons Mm -hmm. like he always seems to be able to start seasons off so well so i mean i don't know like there's that part of me i I guess that maybe kenny's a victim of his own success he just showed us something that was so special and he's not gonna get back to that maybe but does that mean that he's not a guy that can still win this championship in 21? No. No. and I, Of course I th- he can. I, I think Kenny is a guy that, like, he's going to prove everyone wrong. Like, he, there's something inside of him that, like, he... I think he baits people up on social media to talk mm. to prove them wrong. Like, that, that's the sort of person... You know, like, I think he, he gets fire inside of him from yeah. that. And it, it, he's like, I want to... I want to prove everyone everyone wrong. Like yeah. that's what he's like. I think so. Um, I don't. I think uh, like him having a kid and being married now. Like I think that may like slow him down a little bit in the way that like I think he sometimes gets a little bit too excited. Uh, like he's a little bit like ADD. You know, mm. like sometimes he gets a bit too excited and a bit carried away on social media. Maybe this will like maybe he won't have so much time to get caught up in his own shit yeah with having a kid now and maybe that maybe I, I think like he knows the work that he needs to do through the week to yeah. get the job done so like he's a professional athlete like he's got all the right tools around him he's got all the right people around him like I don't think they're gonna let him slack no. you know like he still has to turn up to the track and people have seen what he's done in the past so like he's a he's a moto guy and he knows what works he's won world championships before he's won races before like people I think people like get scared in the way that like oh when you have a kid like Mm. things change yeah things change but they change for the better in the way that like i think it just grounds you more i think people then 
I know for myself, like I was a person who, and still to this day, like I'm an overthinker. I'm someone who gets caught up in my own shit. And, um, I feel like Kenny does that too. Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying is like with his social media stuff, I think like he'll comment back at someone or some like kid, you know, like he'll like, they'll say something and he fires back up. And I think that just maybe having a kid now will stop him from like not give him the time to really get caught with that. Like, the mental space he won't have the mental space for those yeah, small yeah. things that he got caught up in before yeah. I think he'll maybe come to realise that like there's more to life than just all the other little bits and pieces of the bullshit you know so I think like I'm really excited to see like I'm passionate about watching Kenny like I just there's something about what he's done like we look at we talk about Jet you know like Kenny was that guy he is a world champion like he was he was he was a phenom yeah like he I don't know like he's he was the European like he could have been he was better than Hurlings like he he beat Hurlings through his whole junior career and he beat Hurlings in that world championship you know like it's just and that he was that kid that wanted to come to America and race Supercross that was his dream you know and uh he's been chasing that and now i think uh i think he's still got that in him you know like i think he still probably feels like he's got unfinished business yeah a hundred percent kenny just has to for kenny to win this championship in 2021 he needs to eliminate even the possibility of getting lapped twice by cooper webb and Eli Tomac. Yeah. Like, that race, obviously, that's an outlier in his mm. career. But, man, to watch that happen... Yeah. That was, like, heartbreaking. That was, It was, man. Yeah. And it was... And for me, even, like, I feel like I'm just, like... I'm a fan of the sport, too, you know? Like, that, yeah. that is one of the biggest things. I was, like... I probably wasn't a kid that grew up fully 100%, like, all about the sport. Like, I was a country kid that just grew up like I, I did it on the weekends so like yeah, over time now because I've like mm. learned to be passionate like I'm passionate about it like I don't know so much the history side of stuff like I just know what's happening now mm. you know like and I'm in like Kenny was a kid that I watched like I won my world championship when I was 14 15 or whatever Kenny won it the year before and I was like I just started looking at Europe from then mm. and then I was like oh this Ken Roxon guy like he's going fast like and then I worked out he's like the same age as me and I'm like, dude, this is gnarly. <laughs> and like, so like I'm just, a, I'm passionate about it. I want to see him do well because like I've followed him since yeah, he, he was so a long. kid on yeah. a 60, uh, like on an 85, Suzuki 85 with Red Bull helmet, big silver chain. Yeah. Like he was just, some of the stories I've heard of him from Europe, like he was just full ladies man. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, this kid in a motorhome and <laughs> just taken the, all these old birds home you know like <laughs> yeah, in his motorhome before a GP so like he's just uh, I don't know like I'm just invested in like watching I want to see yeah. him do well you know um, I think he's just got such a relatable uh, ad- like personality as well you know in the way that like he's not this locked or like we look at Eli Tomac like we don't hear or see anything of Eli Tomac he hardly posts on his socials like he doesn't allow a lot of people in Kenny allows you to see everything, you know? Like, Kenny, you see... Like, there was a kid on his social media, like, 
doing door knocks and Kenny was blowing up on his social media about it like it's just regular dude yeah, like yeah. regular guy stuff but we see that yeah you know like we you don't you're not invested in Eli Tomac as much because you don't, you don't know, know who know. he is you know, we don't know the person we don't know him as the person he is like he is a family man he's got a kid now yeah he won that championship with first a new- guy first guy to ever win as a dad too with a newborn as well you know like it was just we don't but you forget about that because we don't see any of that and that's yeah. cool like that's his own that's life obviously a choice that he's made yeah, yeah. but, but with yeah, Kenny just, is just so you're so it's so easy to be involved and you feel like you're a part of his life I guess yeah you know, like, 100% you feel like you know him but you don't yeah you're like yeah and so. he, yeah he makes it so easy for you to cheer for mm-hmm. um what else are we gonna talk about Alden I think with Alden's program, man, is like he has the championships behind him. I think everyone just gets confidence. Like we've seen Dean Wilson now. He's not du- training directly under Alden, but, but he's, he's, he's got that program. Yeah. Um, I think it just brings confidence because of the championships he has behind him. Like I think everyone knows what Alden does now. Yeah. But it's the consistency yeah. in that program. I don't think it's magic or anything crazy what he's doing. Like, I think it, most guys can do that program if they had it in front of them. But it's just the consistency of that program. Yeah. Like, this time, this is what we're doing every day of the week. And you have keep ticking off the amount of days of riding, cycling, gym, yeah, eating, everything. It's just you build such a base to it. I think that's where even in my program like I know that consistency is the biggest thing yeah if I have consistency in my riding my training consistency in my life success is only around the corner yeah but when you're jumping here or there traveling from track to track you're not sure if you're riding this day that day that's where it comes and that's why I think these training facilities these days are just taking off um, because of the consistency in them well they've got everything there yeah so here's the thing though, right? So at the start of Alden's career, no one was training the way that Alden trained these guys, right? It was this radically different approach. He'd come in with Johnny O, change the way that these guys trained. Now, it's no secrets. that it's Everybody knows. Everybody knows what they do. Almost every rider has been through the program, right? But the championships are still going to Alden Mm -hmm. so there's obviously something that's very tangible there and that has to be Alden himself because everybody knows what they're doing everybody's been on the program I actually had had a conversation we're at at dinner right and Baggett was there and it was the year after Baggett left Alden and he just straight up said like oh well I already know the program so he the first year that he he left Alden he just said I'm just going to do Alden's program but by myself mm-hmm. he didn't win a championship no. there's something there with Alden like he's a guy that you know not a lot of people talk about his military background he's been in the military South like, African South African like he's hard asses. he's come from a gnarly place right mm-hmm. and he knows how to push these dudes buttons yep. because every single rider has a different button to push yeah and there's some guys you you can't really push their buttons Mm -hmm. a guy like jason anderson 
Yeah. He's not really the guy that you can push around mm-hmm. and almost... Because, I mean, I get this stuff with jiu-jitsu. Yep. So, like, my coach is a fucking bully. Mm-hmm. He'll bully me into doing good. Yeah. He bullies me into training hard. Yep. There's times when I rock up to the gym where, like, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. And he sees that and then he puts me with dudes that he knows I don't want to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it forces you to... Well, it's like, it's like nearly trying to break you. Exactly. But it, then you, you, like, reach a new... Bar- exactly. Like a new era. And there's guys there that what you can push. Yeah. A guy like Kenny, it's not really... That's think, not really the guy. Kenny, no, I think Kenny has so much natural talent as well. Like, he is so talented on a bike coming from that european a european style of like life as well like what i was talking about before yeah. where they're not riding a lot like they they put the work in, in their preseason and then they just back it off through the season yeah you know like they enjoy life the italians like they'll sit down and have a glass of wine americans like they're not doing that no like and you know like it's okay to sit down and have a beer and enjoy life every now and now and then you're probably going to get more benefit from long that, term that than not you know mm. like thinking oh the, that competitor's not doing that so like it's just it's about enjoying life and that's like something that i've really had to learn but i think that's where kenny is like he doesn't get i think that's why that program probably didn't work yeah. while he was younger it probably worked well for him with Villapoto and that because he was young and he was still learning and yeah now i think he's sort of worked out what works for him and yeah. what he needs in life and um yeah he needs that enjoyment you know he needs to be able to if he goes out you know like i can't just eat like that that food's not available what do i eat yeah you know like i think he has to be smarter about it obviously with what's been going on and with his injuries and surgeries and all that sort of stuff um and obviously with his immune system it's obviously compromised um so he has to be smarter about it but he's still like he's 26 27 years old you Mm. know still a kid like really he's got so much so much left in life yeah in his lifetime and he's still trying to work it out yeah but we all look at them as that motocross supercross we do not have the backing that nfl football like all these sports have yeah and it's like we don't have that like we don't have the funding behind us like all these other big corporations do yeah you know um so mental health like that's something that like i always go back to mental health and you probably hear me speak about it before but like it's something i'm passionate about like i've experienced that side of it but all these guys no one talks about it like you can't tell me that kenny didn't go through depression when he had or like some sort of form of depression when he had those accidents you know like we've all been through something like that we've all experienced something like that most of these guys are dealing with anxiety like competitive anxiety well dino is like probably the only dude that actually really talks about we've that. gone full off topic here i don't no, even know fine. like yeah. what we we're talking about now but um with kenny it's just i think he's sorry we're going back to alden you know like i think he worked out what worked for him yeah. but he couldn't maintain that for a long time you know and i think you've seen that with Villapoto and dungy yeah these guys retire because it not, works yeah but it's there's it's hard to sustain that level and of like, intensity i think like do you look at i think osborne's probably a little bit different on alden's program because he's a little bit open-minded he's experienced life and he is a true fan of this sport yeah. like he is so passionate about the sport 
he Dakar, like he's just like all about that sort of stuff. He'll go know? do like a GNCC yeah, race. Yeah, like he's done like that, that sort of stuff. So he's just a full moto guy. Like, and I think he is just like up for hard work too. You yeah. know, like I think he really ticks on that. Like that he enjoys that side of it. So I think I can see him sticking it out with Alden's program. Yeah. But guys like Jason Anderson, they he 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 opened my eyes to that program because like I didn't think he was going to be able to stick it out for as long as he did but he did and yeah. good job on him man because I think he proved a and lot he won of people a title. You know, I think he proved a lot of people wrong you know because I think a lot of people thought oh he's going to go there and he's not going to last yeah he stuck it out for a lot longer than what th- people thought but for him to have a career that like, goes beyond yeah, that yeah then just that those few years of just winning like I think that's what was more important to him but I think like you see Cooper and um Marvin like they don't really have that little bit of a, a spark to them anymore you know like they're not uh, I don't know that like that I feel like they are very like serious about it and I don't know how long they can sustain that for you know you look at Marvin though he's a little bit older now so he's been able to sustain that obviously mm. but he come to America when he was a bit older too yeah um and so like he's French as well like they're a little bit different you know like they just can make stuff happen like they just yeah even when that, those guys crash you know like you think man you should be hurt from that and they get up and walk away and then they have the smallest crash and you're just like they're hurt and from that and then they ruin themselves yeah you're yeah. just like <laughs> they're French like they're just they're they're I don't know it's like some weird shit they're, yeah on. they're weird man but <laughs> like they are so talented on bikes yeah. and they can make stuff happen you know but I think the um, the, the thing with Alden's program is the consistency's there it's just it's the same thing though like I think that's where it maybe burns those guys out a little bit is just it's the same program day in day out every year it's the same like obviously things change a little bit here and there um, things are evolving improving um, so yeah I I just don't know how long Cooper and Marvin and those guys like when they're on that program how long they can sustain it for well the thing I think with Coop though and this is I think that when Alden's program works the best is when you get an immovable object with an unstoppable force yeah and then they just and I think that you saw that with a guy like Dunge it's like he's this unstoppable force like he's so driven he's so determined and you know then you get then you get alden that is just this immovable object this is the program Mm -hmm. this is what you do i can tell you this and you do it i can dig at your uh insecurities i can play on your fears i can you know they're the things that really force somebody to grow is when there's so much being asked of you and and you're having to sort of read like really dig deep to just do what's required Mm -hmm. and i think that that's when alden can get the best out of an athlete and i just think that maybe it's been overlooked that it's just the program it's just what is prescribed to you and that is what makes his program so good but i just don't think that's the case man i think that what makes alden's program so good is when you get a guy that is willing to just listen and to take the shit that he is going to give you. Like, it's brutal, man. Mm-hmm. When you're on the track and you're hearing 
the way that Alden is talking to these guys and just grilling them about tents and turns and lap times and whoop entry speed and bro you look so slow going through that you know you're you're the best dude in the sport with a number one plate and then you've got this little south african dude that can't even ride a motorcycle telling you that you suck and that you need to be faster and if you're cooper you've got marv that's waxing you through the week and lap times and the motos and then you've got alden that's just digging at you like why can't you do that section like marvin why Mm -hmm. can't you do this like marvin and it's like it takes a special kind of athlete to be able to like sit there and take that year like week on week on year on year but then you can see the results that that can yield for a guy like coop that can well, if take you, that you kind can of thing overcome that exactly man you're just like going to be unstoppable like and, and, and you think like what cooper went through pull this up think about what cooper went through when he was at yamaha yeah like he had those years where it was it was tough and mentally tough on him like it was just draining like I, i'm sure at some point he was just like man am i, I ever gonna, ca- gonna be yeah. can i catch a break like or is am i done you know like am i ever gonna win again and that to overcome that it it would have been like think about how unbeatable he is now after overcoming that he's went yeah. through a slump a big downfall and he's come back from that that only makes you even tougher mentally tougher and then to be doing that week in and week out now with Alden is just like you have those tough days through the week and now it's time to go have fun on the weekend mm. you know like it's time to go get the rewards so what do you reckon about so in 2020 marv was the number one dude Mm -hmm. at ktm and you hear the stories about coop basically like to be at the bakery at baker's factory he basically had to like swallow his pride and be like hey i know i raced you like a dick on a 250 i know i raced you like a dick on a 250 i know i'm the number two dude marv's the number one guy and then he basically spends the entire first year smoking that whole crew and now he is the he's for sure the number one dude at ktm and if you look at the ktm husky thing i mean he's the number one guy in that whole conglomerate so what is it like to be marv as the guy that you know when dunge retired you're the you're now the number one guy like he had to play that bridesmaid role to dunge he gets his chance at being the top dog at ktm and then purely based on results that got taken away i mean what does that do to you like does marv even kind of think that he can be a champion after i guess seeing the way that this whole thing's played out over the last four or five years I think Marv, it's a tricky one with Marv because I think we we looked at Marv, um, he had a full season off. Like he missed pretty much mm. a full full year of racing. Well, I think it was a full year, something like that. But he had a long time off, man. And I wasn't expecting Marv to be as solid in the motocross as what he was. Like, and he was still dealing with pain from, from his knee, you know, so it's tough like he has like he raced dunge he raced dunge for race wins championships like he was a competitive guy i don't know if 
like obviously Coop he was under that tent with a number one plate on so like I think pretty maybe, obvious yeah like I think he maybe feels I am the second second tier guy but I don't know I don't think that team would allow them to fall into that you know like but being, there's an energy though yeah like you know that when you're oh, the big like, dog no matter, in the playground like there's a vibe man like the team doesn't have to say you're the number one guy you're the number two dude when Cooper Webb starts marching his way yeah. through and that Coop through is that very like he's confident he carries himself very high time. you know like he's a small guy but when he walks with confidence he's 10 foot tall and I mean you hear these stories of like him talking shit on the start line yeah like crazy and I mean that stuff works dude yeah like he, you can't you cannot play that stuff down yeah you gotta be very cocky and confident to be able to play that and he does it he does it well and it's worked for him you know so I I don't really have an answer directly on how Marv feels about like being that second tier guy you know but I don't know if Marv is a... I think he's a race winner. I think he can come back and be competitive in Supercross. Like, he's got that... He's got that crafty Frenchman mm. style about him, you know. Um, there is a lot of young kids coming up now, though. Um, so, it's going to be even harder for him. But I don't know if he's going to be a championship. Like, I don't get me wrong. He will be a guy that is talked about in this championship. And he will win races. I don't know if he can win a championship again, though. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. Scroll down a little bit for us there, Ronan. Uh, talk about Kenny. Barsha. Barsha? I forgot about Barsha. I don't know, man. Old, old Barsha. Oh, you're a Yamaha guy, so can't really talk shit on the Yamaha 450 around you. Um, but no one has really seemed to make that bike in particular work in Supercross. Barsha yep. did good. There was times last year where Barsha straight up past Tomac like multiple yeah. times well, look in, at a, in a race we talk we look back at A1 man uh, A1 a couple of years ago wasn't yeah. it that he won that but he was strong at the start of this season man like yeah well didn't he, he had the red plate at the start of this year didn't he for two rounds for yeah. two rounds yeah for two rounds that's so hectic yeah like um, it might even mean longer than that yeah look that up maybe actually yeah I actually sorry I, I've like completely had a mind blank on this but yeah he was solid dude um he he works hard like I see him at the track I see what he does he works hard like when we were there at the test track he was working hard he was putting his own laps in he does his own program like he wasn't getting involved like Plessinger he's on that like he's on Swanee's deal yeah. with the star guys and I think yeah that's great like that whole little like group works well um, but Barsha doesn't care like he's there he's like one of the first days we turned up there the track was a bit muddy Barsha's in the machine fixing all the track up getting yeah. it ready like yeah he's, he's just an alpha dude eh? he just spent like he spent two hours in the machine making sure that the track was rideable and he was going to do his work and he didn't leave that track until all the work was done it didn't matter how long he was there for he still did the work um so i, I think he's a guy that will work i think he's just man when he left honda he was like he was gonna be the guy like uh, it would have been interesting to see him have another year on that honda mm. another like for the next year and go for that title because i think he could have been a guy who did that you know and i think he just went through those slump couple of years where things just weren't working out and i think he's starting to believe in himself again now mm. um 
he seems like he's having fun again like he's not a guy that I think he's like trying to create his own path a little bit he's not getting caught up in the the normal routine of like full training facilities you got to have a bunch of guys riding with you um yeah i think he knows what works it's just about trying to find consistency for for barsha because i think you look at uh maybe uh, maybe the consistency does come now being with that group not so much just being with gas gas but like that bike is pretty much a husky and kdm you know yeah. like i think well that bike can be whatever he wants it to be really exactly so i think um i think he's going to be strong i think he'll be solid i think the bike is proven that's probably like the biggest thing for him he's not setting the bike up directly i think that over the past few years now he's been like the head guy yeah to develop a bike and under and, some, a, and, and s- under a team that has they, they've got rid of a lot of people like there's been a lot of talk about how oh, the yamaha like yeah. yeah so monster yamaha like that whole team manager and the team manager from previous is gone now you know yeah. um so like they've just transferred it straight into star yamaha now and i think that'll be successful a uh, successful sorry i think that's gonna work i think especially with the guys that you have there like plessinger believes in that star program like he's won his titles there yeah. like i think he's happy about being there mookie is a bigger guy like malcolm he is a bigger guy so naturally that yamaha 450 is going to work well for him like because the bigger guys seem to really enjoy that yamaha 450 they don't feel they don't feel like um all the effects of like what a smaller guy is going to you know yeah. like I, I don't i haven't had such an issue or anything like when i've been riding the yamaha 450 i haven't like i could see how you could go down a rabbit hole and get really lost with that bike yeah so like that's where i'm like i can see how maybe barsha and plessinger they probably got caught going down that rabbit hole and got lost but i think that's any 450 you, yeah. you can really turn a 450 into a bad bike pretty quickly I don't think the bike was bad. I just think they didn't have... KDM, Husky, these guys, they have a, they have years behind them where they've yeah. built up such a solid foundation, solid program behind them that people believe in these bikes now. Yeah. Yamaha has had... Chad didn't speak highly of that bike. He gave it a bad name he gave Yamaha 450 a bad name and I don't think we've had that headline guy we haven't had like we haven't had a Tomac we haven't had a Webb we haven't had a a Roxon they nearly got like there was talk about like a Cincerillo maybe you know there was talk of Cincerillo going there I think we just need one of those main headline guys on that Yamaha 450 and everyone's mind will change completely about that bike like because it is a good bike but i think that just with barsha and plessinger like we were, i was there at the test track and plessinger seemed like he was just going around and around and around in circles trying to find a setting that wasn't there mm. and i think that was just because they didn't have confidence they didn't don't have that base like all these other manufacturers do over the years you know like the the team has changed things have changed over the years different people yeah. have been involved so i don't think at all it's the bike i think it's just about trying to get a good base the program back. Yeah, in the, place the yeah. program back and i think bring it back to like 
just all been within one like star now i think if they can just bring all that like that star yamaha 250 is unbelievable yeah it's and ridiculous. like everybody but you think about when star first started when it was a carbureted 250 yeah no one wanted to ride that bike it was outdated it wasn't good like it was good in its time but then everybody else evolved yeah and now look at it like things just constantly move you know yeah. like we could be in two years time like well suzuki, that's kind of where the honda's at and the suzuki's well like at, suzuki's yeah. gone but like that's more like the funding side of it like yeah. they're not investing as much into that bike anymore but like that bike hadn't hadn't won since um like carmichael was on it really you know so like yeah each bike goes each manufacturer goes through their stages where things work and then they don't yeah and i think that's just where you're seeing the yamaha at the moment is that it's not a bad bike it's just it doesn't have the program behind it it doesn't have the right rider on that bike at the moment it doesn't have a headline guy yeah so do you think then that basha because he was competitive in 2020 i mean he looked really good at times the consistency definitely wasn't there for him mm -hmm. the starts weren't always there for yep. him whereas you look at a guy like coop the starts are always there yeah is it the kind of thing where basha can go from just one bike to this new gas gas which is essentially factory ktm husky yep. and he can literally say like hey give me the setting that coop won the title on and he can try that bike and he knows okay this particular setup is capable of winning a championship I think, I is think, that a big deal yeah so i i think the biggest thing with basha is going to be he's not questioning things yeah where at yamaha he had i feel like he maybe had too much say in certain things with the bike and what he could do what he wanted to do how the program was going to work and they would just be like okay justin okay boss, uh, josh uh, sorry justin this is what we're going to do if that's what you want to do we're going to go down that way you know like yeah. where i think roger being the head of all those he's not going to allow that to happen like this is a proven program this is what works this is the options that you have let's minimize those options instead where i think beforehand he had too many options yeah instead of just like get on do your job like because people have ridden that bike like travis preston rode that bike he's a test rider for yamaha Villapoto rode that bike they that bike was fine like they yeah. said that bike was good but i think the problem was that they maybe had too many options and i think now with barsha he's got confidence behind him in confidence in the program yeah i guess that's probably the biggest thing that he's going to have like he doesn't have to think about anything although it is a new team tld gas gas like red bull gas gas um it still is KDM, kdm and husky yeah. like that is still like the main hub of it it's just these like little um legs like going off the side of of yeah. that one big company you know so i think um i think he's going to be solid man like you don't he won races last year like he was competitive but he just didn't have the consistency one weekend would be like terrible the next weekend like he'd start really well and he'd run up front you know like so i think he's just got to try find that consistency and um i think with this program he'll find that consistency and i think you'll probably see him up front a lot more than than not yeah sick i definitely agree did you find out how many um rounds he led um, three. I 
So he lost the red plate at A2. It's pretty savage, old Bam Bam. That Yamaha looks good with a red plate. Um, go back to that dock for us, dude. Um, so we spoke about Marv. We spoke about Webb. Um, and then, oh, dude. Yeah, Max Voland. Little surprise yeah. signing. Uh, that kid is insanely good and do you did you ever remember watching Moto like his dad race back in the 125 class dude his dad like I said I was not like a man I wasn't invested back then but like I am I want to learn about him yeah dude his dad was such a G back in the day so like full on Ricky Carmichael like uh, Talon Voland there was a there was a uh, yeah pretty pretty gnarly little group of dudes that were in that 125 era and uh and yeah talon volan was a he was a factory pretty sure he's factory honda pretty sure he was factory honda uh through through that time and uh yeah search that shit up um yeah there you go voland who did he race for yeah he was on pc he was on yeah factory factory honda look at that shit cover eraser x can you imagine being so you're I'm not sure how old Max is, like 16 or 17. And then you've got this, your dad that was just like a full-on gangster, like beating Ricky Carmichael in motos at times. And, uh, yeah, you got that dude in your corner and you're on the KTM factory team riding with Webb and, uh, and Marv. It's a pretty solid little package that he's got going on there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I haven't had like I haven't really seen much about him like I, I used to see him pop up on social media all the time like riding Supercross track yeah, on 85 yeah. and 125 and stuff and it was pretty sick like skimming whoops at the KDM test track on his 85 so like that was pretty gnarly um, I just like the amateur program has seemed it seems like it has suffered a little like it's struggled a little bit yeah like, I, I don't think we've really seen a lot of amateurs come through and have a lot of success of late so it's going to be interesting to see how Max does. Um, he's obviously got the right backing behind him. He's got Red Bull KDM. Um, he's got good riding partners. He's got all the right tools in place to do well. Um, but we've got to remember that he is quite young. And I think they've done a two-year deal now with him. So, mm. like, first year is just, like, go out and learn. And, um, yeah, like, let's just try build this. Yeah. Build this program up for you, you know. So... It was a bit of a surprise because I... Yeah, I was definitely shocked at it. I thought like, man, like there was so many kids at the moment like that are are doing well. Uh, Like Derek Drake's just been pushed out too. Mm. Like he got pushed out and he's doing like a privateer Suzuki deal. Just broke his femur though. Like I thought he was going to stay in. He was super fast at times too. Yeah, I thought he was going to like get a chance to stay in there and... um, that's that's one of the gnarly that's things. That's where I just thought like Red Bull KDM like that ride is like it is like the number that's one the ride. number one like in that group like you got Husky and Gas Gas the Red Bull KDM deal I, I believe would be like the number one 250 ride in that out of those three teams and then they've put like this rookie amateur in there like good on him good for chasing that you know but I thought that maybe they would try put someone else in there that was a little bit more that was proven i guess so mm. it's going to be interesting I'm, I'm excited to see how he does i have like i said i haven't had much following behind him like i haven't seen what he's been up to this is sort of first i wasn't expecting him to come pro right now so mm. 
like I said, I've just seen him on social media and what he does there, and he looks pretty cool. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. He seems like a bit of a quieter kid, um, not so out there. And um, yeah, be interesting. Man, what, it's going to be cool. What else have uh, What else is exciting about this season? You reckon? Uh, I'm just the whole time I've been saying I'm excited. I'm just excited for racing to get back underway because, like I said, this year's just been a a roller coaster. Um, with racing even here in Australia like no racing and just now as well I think for me I've like seen America like I've been yeah. there I've witnessed what goes on like what they're up to what goes on the test track through the week and how they approach each race and stuff like that so I think I've just like got a different set of glasses on now when I yeah. look at what these guys are doing but there's been some big changes I think um, the 450 class on top of that like Tomac now he's won a championship he believes he can win this championship again now um Webb he's had some time off he's coming back from injury you know but I think he's going to be ready I think he's ready to fight for this title again I think besides that crash at Saint uh when he Atlanta yeah like endowed off the top of that staircase that was something that like really hurt him in the points chase and I think if he didn't have that, I think we would have really seen... Something different. Yeah. Um, so, he's going to want to redeem himself. Obviously, Roxon's on this new new Honda two, uh, Honda 450. That's going to be interesting. Like, Osborne's coming off a motocross championship, won a, won a Supercross race, the final Supercross race. Dude, Jason Anderson as well. We haven't talked horse, much about... You know, like, he's won championships. He's won races before. He seems like he's having fun. He's, Dude, he looks so good right now, too. He's taking that neck brace off. Same with Barsha. They're both taking the neck brace off. Oh, yeah, that's and, true. Um, eh? Yeah, I think... I think Barsha has always, like... I'm not much of a person, like... I obviously do coaching, but I am not someone... If I get asked, like what I think about neck braces I don't put my like I don't try to sway parents one way yeah. to another because I don't want to hold the responsibility for that but Barsha looks like a guy that has just rode so rigid and uptight with, with that. that neck brace yeah. like I Barsha remember someone remember? else said that said this to me um, was that oh Ryan Hughes is like he is mental m- on mega like, against him yeah because you can't look up yeah like you can't look far enough down the track I think uh, don't get me wrong like I think they have really pro- like progressed, progressed from like when they first come out like they sit a lot lower helmets it just depends on what helmet you're running as well how much gap like each rider is different you know you look at Marvin he still wears it he's got such a long neck he wears that aero mm. helmet that sits quite high as well and the Liat sits quite low as well so um but Barsha man like remember him when he come out of rookie like when he was a rookie on that Geico 250 dude he used to throw that thing around and throw himself around on the bike it, he just started to it's like he lost that a little bit mm. so and like even just his Instagram videos and stuff that he's putting out right now like he looks like he's going fast yeah. so like it's going to be a really, really cool season. Not only that, like, I think in the back of our minds, we're waiting for someone to test positive at one of these races. Like, who is it going to be? You can't tell me that all these races, not one of them are not going to test positive. I think someone at some point is going to test positive here, especially with the travel that we have going on. Think about just one person. You know, one person comes into that truck, one goggle guy, one helmet guy one boot guy like a gear guy 
one of the girlfriends comes in that has just been away for the week and come back and comes into the truck or comes around one of the riders or you know it's something as simple as someone just touching their face and like that's it all kicks off and it could be one of these top guys who knows what's going to happen in this championship it's really really going to be an interesting season and i can't wait for it to get underway yeah man you you're so right dude and like the the way that the schedule has changed now there's so many i guess this is an opportunity for like we we haven't had change it's been done the same way you prepare the same way that there's really there's no element of surprise there's no new variable that could potentially expose like a an advantage for one guy over another guy and you know you talk about you know you mentioned guys like osborne guys like Webb that they just don't care like you could literally make them sleep on the track and it won't change a thought that goes through their mind on the start line it just doesn't change anything for them winning is it and this season with the way that the schedule's changing the way that they're not going to be able to practice through the week I mean this could finally expose some new thing some new variable that lets one of these guys or two of these guys take advantage of almost like a, a new little loophole and expose this this thing that can take them to another level, that can separate them in a sport where we've just... There hasn't been separation. There's been no separation in the training. There's been no separation on race day. And maybe 2021 is the first season where we're actually going to see something that will let these guys take that 1% and turn it into a championship winning difference, you know? I think as well, we're forgetting of the next generation that's coming through. Mm. Chase Sexton, Adam Cincerello, Dylan Ferrandez, like these... God damn, that's like a podium just there. These guys want to win. And that's with no names that have won races before. 100%. And then you throw in guys like Brayton, for example. Yeah. Like... Bogle, like Joey Savacci, he, we've just got to remember to Kawasaki when he he got bumped off the team for Cincerillo. Yeah. When he was at Kawasaki, he was podium, like he was a podium guy. Yeah. He missed one season with injuries from that crash that he had at AusX Open in Melbourne. He's now got pretty much a fat, like that is a factory bike. Yeah, that's going to be a good program. And, like, I think he's, like, they're good starters. They're two guys that are really good starters. They've got Michael Byrne behind them. Mm. Who, you look at Bo, uh, at Baggett, man, like, in the whoops now, he is so, like, he was so solid in the whoops. Like, he, he is one of the fastest guys in the whoops. And he is a legit starter. Mm. But you now give Bogle a few years, like, to build up this base again after coming off injuries and those big head knocks and stuff like that. He was a two fifty champ. Win, a champ. Yeah, he's he's podiumed four fifty races before, like he won an outdoor motocross. Yeah, we forget that that guy is solid. He's just had a he's come back from injury after injury after injury, and now he's got a motocross season under his belt. A and, really good bike. Yeah, and now a pre like, hopefully he can just stay healthy, and he can. Like, these are guys that 
get overlooked, but mm. they are world-class riders who can podium races if everything lines up. You know, like they've beat Joey Savacci. He battled Osborne for that championship. Mm. He lost it at the final, like two corners from the finish line and lost that title. Like, and he is legit. Yeah. He is, he's beat Adam Cinturillo. He's beat these guys. And then you got to add in like all the Moto Concepts dudes. Uh, you got Shane McElrath and Stefan like, Yeah. He, and he's going to be an eye opener in that 450 class. Man, it's going to be epic. I cannot wait. Like it's going to be unreal. And especially when we go like a Saturday race, a Tuesday then race. Then we got a Tuesday like, and then Saturday. Like it's going to be sick. The this, boys are on. Yeah. No, nah, it's cool. Um, but yeah, that's... I don't know. What else have we got? That's it, man. Yep. Thanks cool. for thanks for joining me. And uh, yeah, it was cool to do a little bit of bench racing. I don't know that if we answered anything. I think that we're just still sitting here. Yeah. I'd say that... Oh, we would have missed so much stuff as well, man. Like, I'm sure... We're I'm, confused but excited. Yeah. I basically. think we're just trying That's, to put as much content out there as possible so people can think about this like pretty much what's, yeah what's let's, coming yeah know? that's why i was like we got to do this we gotta we gotta start getting excited we gotta start following some of the storylines yeah. that are going to play out uh over this season so um yeah we'll get you in for a supercross companion yeah for sure because like 100%. i mean we're pretty much at christmas now and usually it's the first weekend of january yeah that we kick off we are not far like by the time new year's is over yeah, we're these guys are like trucks are getting on the road and these guys are tapering off to get ready for round one like they are pretty much ready to go now you know like it, they're gonna have a couple like they're gonna have this week off pretty, pretty much because of Christmas and and then that's it they're straight into it season starts new year starts supercross motocross we're ready to go well thanks again mate thanks Ronan Thank and um yeah we will uh yeah, we'll be back this year for Supercross Companion. We'll be streaming live on our YouTube channel so you can follow along if you don't have Foxtel or if you've got Foxtel and you want to mute the TV and listen to us <laughs> carry on. Uh, we always have a bunch of fun. So, uh, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks very Thank much. You. First Supercross Companion for the year. First Super content. Stoked. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Sick dog. Cool. Oh.